Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. want to get into the message this morning and first of all I just want to say once again happy Labor Day to you all and I want to talk about being a 24-7 Christ follower even on Labor Day and I don't know about you but whenever I think about Labor Day and I think about it being a holiday and I think about how most people are get off work on that Monday with pay to me, that seems like an oxymoron, does it not? I mean, it almost seems borderline hypocritical. Because on this weekend, we're celebrating the fact that we're able to labor, right? We're celebrating the fact that we have good enough health, and we have jobs, and we have careers, which the Lord uses all of that to be able to resource us with everything we need to be able to succeed in life. But yet... We take off work on Monday with pay, right? I know some of you, this isn't setting well with several. I already, I already know. It just seems weird to me. I mean, I love Labor Day weekend. Uh, and mainly, be, here, here's one of the reasons I love it so much. Because we are celebrating work. I love to work. I love to get up every day and just labor, and work, and do something productive. And I guess I was taught that at a very young age. I mean, my dad would not let us lay in bed on Saturday mornings when we were in school. Uh, There was always um, a stall to be cleaned out from our horses. There was always wood to be cut because we heated with wood all winter long. And so all summer long we were cutting wood. There was grass to be mowed. There were flower beds to be weed-eated, right? There were, we had these huge apple trees that every year we would gather up all the apples out of the, off, off the tree. And my mother would make applesauce and these other things. And, and some of them would, would rot and fall on the ground. And, and uh, they never enjoyed that, never liked that. But my dad would never run over those with his mower. And so my job was before he mowed, I would have to go pick up all the apples and throw all the apples out so that those that were on the ground because he didn't like hitting them with his mower. And uh, I remember my dad, my dad just taught me at a very young age the value of work. Let me tell you, I think, I don't know, I look around a lot of times today and sometimes I think we're failing to pass that on to the younger generation. You don't get things without working. Matter of fact, the Bible says, if a man doesn't work, that man's not to eat. Right? Say say amen or owe me, but hang in in there with me a little bit, okay? Uh, Laziness leads to slothfulness, which leads to hunger. That's what the Bible says. And by the way, let me make mention once again, work is not the curse. Right? 
God instituted work with Adam in the garden and said, hey, tend to the garden, take care of it. Labor here. Enjoy the fruits of your labor while you're here. And, of course, sin came. And when sin came and they sinned against God, now they sweat when they work. Now they're fatigued when they work. Now they get sore when they work. Right? There's labor there There's in, in working. You know, whenever we get to be with the Lord in heaven and throughout all eternity, some folks have the wrong idea of what that's going to look like. Some people try to spiritualize it and say, well, we're just going to be like Casper the Friendly Ghost and we'll all have our own individual cloud and we'll just be floating around everywhere on a cloud. That's not what Scripture teaches. Matter of fact, Scripture teaches that even in heaven we're going to work. We're going to serve. So... I want to try to talk about that, how we are to be a Christ follower even at work. You see, one of the problems I believe that we in Christianity have is this, is that we separate the secular from the spiritual and the spiritual from the secular. We divide out those things. But even on the job, we're to be spiritual. And I'll talk more about that in just a moment. Let me ask you a question. Whenever you think about your job, let me ask you a few questions. Do you really like it? I mean, are you excited that it's Monday morning? (laughs) Are you as excited on Monday as you are on Friday or Saturday? Let me ask you another question. How many of you really look forward to going to work on Monday morning just to see your boss? How many of you really enjoy going to work on Monday morning just to see your coworkers and to see how everybody is doing? Matter of fact, if you answered yes to any of those questions, friends, you are in the minority. Right? Because in America today, and I have this survey there, surveys reveal that 65% of American workers are unhappy with their jobs. Unhappy with their jobs. Friends, just let me say this. Life is way too short for you to live life unhappy like that. I say either one, leave that job and find another job. Find something you enjoy doing. And I've often heard this being said, and I found it very true even in my life. If you find something you you enjoy doing and you can get paid doing it, you'll never work a day in your life. Right? You just enjoy going and doing and serving in whatever manner that it is. What's the old saying? I owe, I owe, so off to work I go, right? I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. What's the old um, uh, Tennessee Ernie Ford song when he said, Sixteen tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. Say, Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. Something like that, right? <laughs> right? You know? <laughs> That goes way back, right? (laughs) The point is, I think a lot of times, I want to try today. Here's here's my proposition to you, and here's what I want to try to get us to see and what I want to see us do. This is what I want us to see us do. I want us to see our work, our labor, as an exciting opportunity to serve. Because a lot of the problem is this. The problem is that somewhere along the line, We categorize so many different things in our life, 
And we think, boy, I'll be spiritual, so I'll go to church on Sunday and be spiritual. And then I separate the spiritual from the secular, and so now I'll go to work and I'll focus on the secular. And then I may give a few hours through the week to focus on the spiritual, and then it's back at work focusing on the secular. Now let me tell you something. In Scripture, you won't find that. You will find that in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there was a place they went to be spiritual, right? It was the tabernacle, then it was the temple. That's where they went to meet God. God was there. He was in the holies of holies, right? That's where they would go and they would take their offerings and take their sacrifices to the priest. And they would do their spiritual thing over there at the temple or over there in the tabernacle. And then they would live the rest of their life over here laboring to make a living in the secular. And then, for the spiritual, they would go back over there to the temple or to the tabernacle and do their spiritual thing. So you find that in the Old Testament. However, you do not find that in the New Testament. Because the tabernacle is not over there. The tabernacle is here. Right? God is not over there. God now takes up His residence here. So everything that I do has a spiritual implication to it. Are you tracking me? So we've got to get out of this mentality that we're going to categorize everything. And our life, if you will, is almost like a dresser drawer. And we have our spiritual drawer and we pull that out on Sunday. And then we push it back after Sunday's over. And then the next drawer down, we pull out our secular drawer. And that's our work job or going to the job on Monday, the secular job. And then we push that back and then we come home from our jobs and now it's family time and we pull out this drawer and we deal with our family. Now, guys, I guess, more often do that than maybe gals do because guys, I know, cannot multitask like ladies can multitask, right? We kind of do one thing, right? But here's what we've got to understand. We cannot divide out and separate out the spiritual from the secular. In our world today, matter of fact, in the Old Testament, we took our sacrifices and our offerings to the priest that would go into the holies and into the holies of holies and offer them up to God. In the New Testament now, we don't have a tribe of priests. We are all priests. We are all ministers. We are all servants of the Most High God. Every single one of us that have accepted Christ as our personal Savior now can enter into the holies of holies, if you will, through prayer, and we can have communion and fellowship with God, and we can talk with Him personally. So we don't need to divide things out. What we've got to understand is that everything that we do has a spiritual implication to it. So let me try to share with you, and this is my very first point I want you to see. As 24-7 Christ followers, there's two things I want you to see, and then I'm going to try to give you four points of application. I will not be really long in this message, but just as we're thinking about Labor Day... I want to try. My goal is to help you see whenever you go to work on Monday morning. I realize you're not going this Monday because you're off, right? It's Labor Day. You're off. You're not going to work. You're off with pay. I've already unpacked that, right? That that disturbs me a little bit. That's crazy. So anyhow, to be the next Monday when it rolls around or Tuesday morning when it rolls around, I want to try to help you get a new perspective on things. I want to help you to walk in that job and have a new outlook on things. 
So two things I want to share with you real quick. Number one, I want you to see your everyday work as a service to God. Do you realize that everything, almost everything that you do affects someone else? Well, let's just unpack that thought for just a moment. Whenever we think about everything that we do affects someone else. Think about the food that we eat. We have the food that we eat because there was someone that worked called a farmer. And he planted some of that food to grow. And he cultivated that food. And he he took care of it as it was growing. And he harvested that food. He did some work so that we could have the food that we're eating today, right? Everything that we do affects someone. Think about Jesus, if you will. Whenever you think about before his public ministry. Matter of fact, Jesus was about 30 years old before he started his public ministry. And he really only had his public ministry for about three and a half years. And then he died on the cross. So those first 30 years of the life of Jesus, we don't have a whole lot of information about. We have a little bit. And one of the things that we know is that Jesus lived in Nazareth and that his father, his earthly father, Joseph, was a carpenter, right? And we do know that Jesus worked with his earthly father in the carpentry shop. He labored there. He worked there. Why? Because work is important. Jesus even set the example for us that work is important. Well, why was it important for him to be in there with his earthly father, Joseph, in the carpentry shop? Well, one of the reasons may be because people needed houses to live in. Another reason may be because of of the yoke that the oxen needed to put around them to yoke them up to plow the field. Someone had to make that. Another reason, somebody needed tables and chairs to be able to sit down in the home. And the list goes on and on and on of things that a carpenter would build for other people. And here we find Jesus did that for those 30 years he worked. Let me share with you two passages of Scripture. And I'm going to share with you many passages of Scripture. We're kind of jumping around in the Bible today. But in Romans chapter 12, in Romans chapter 12, in verse number 1, it says, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God... I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. I apologize. I put the wrong reference there. It's Romans 12. No, go back. It's Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. I put 2 on there. It's Romans 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies. Guys, that's not just on Sunday. That's every day of our life. That's on Monday, on the job, we present our bodies as a living sacrifice unto God so that our body is pleasing. I even misspelled that. I did some horrible job typing there. Holy and pleasing to God, which is our spiritual worship. Guys, you realize that you can worship even on your job on Monday morning? When you go there and you're this living sacrifice, you're living out this Christian life 24-7, even on the job. We're no longer separating the secular from the spiritual. We're living out our faith even on the job. Scripture says when we do that, that is our spiritual worship. So you can worship even on the job. You can worship even on Tuesday morning on the job. And so we got to get out of that mindset. Another verse of Scripture in Colossians 3 and verse number 23. It says, whatever you do, 
do it. Read the next word for me. Let's read that again. Whatever you do, do it as something done for the Lord and not for men. Guys, whenever we, and ladies, whenever we go on our jobs on Monday morning, we should go enthusiastically. Right? Why? Because, listen, I'm not going enthusiastically for my boss man. I'm not going enthusiastically for my co-workers. I'm going because they know I'm a Christian. And I want to go set the example, and I want to go enthusiastically for the Lord. Right? Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically. Now, I don't know if this is spiritual or not, but around my dad... You never, when my dad said, hey, how you doing? I never said, oh, I'm tired. I never said, oh, dad. (laughs) Good, sir. How are you? Right? I just don't have much patience for laziness and slothfulness. Scripture doesn't either. Are you with me? Come on, guys. I just want to try to show, I want to try to tie in this thing called Labor Day in with Scripture and see what God's Word has to even say about that. You're tired? What you do? I better stop right here. Right? Do it enthusiastically. Go to work enthusiastically. Be excited that you're able to have another day to breathe and to serve and, and to love and, and, to, and to serve people, right? To live life. So let's go on our jobs enthusiastically on Monday morning. So I want to help you see that your everyday work day, even Monday through Friday, on the job can be working and serving God. The second thing I want you to do, see is this. And then I'm going to give you four points of application and I'm going to be done. The second thing is this, serve God where they work. 24-7 Christ followers serve God even on the job is the point I'm trying to make. Serve God where they work. You say, well, you don't know where I work. You say, well, preacher, you just don't know my boss man. Or you really don't know the people I work with. Maybe I really don't know you. (laughs) Hello? It seems like we always have an excuse for something. You don't know where I work. You don't know my boss. You don't know the circumstances that I'm in. You don't know the pressure that I'm under. You just don't realize. You see, all of those are excuses. And I remember growing up, my, my pastor used to say, all of those are excuses, Any one of 20,000 that you want to say, they're all just excuses. So he would always say, entertain me with a good excuse. But at the end of the day, no, it's an excuse. Right? So there is no excuse because we have a bad boss or we have bad co-workers or, or there's power struggles on the job or the circumstances aren't very good. There's really no excuse not to serve God even on the job. Right? Listen to this verse of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 5 and 6. Now, within the Scripture, it says slaves and, and masters. I want you to, uh, to, for the word slaves, I want you to put worker or you can put employer. Slaves, workers, employers, obey your human masters, boss, employee. 
or employer, employees obey your employers with fear and trembling in the sincerity of heart as to Christ. As to who? As to Christ. Look what it says in verse 6. Don't work only while being watched in order to please men, but as slaves of Christ do God's will from your heart. That's a huge passage of Scripture. Whenever we think about that, even we workers are to obey our human masters. Now, just let me call time out right here. No, you're not to obey them if they're telling you to do anything contrary to Scripture. Okay, I understand that. But I'm talking about on the job, doing your work. As you're there laboring, we're to obey them with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart, as to Christ Jesus. Uh, you may say, well, you just don't understand. I live, I, I, I work in a pagan office. I mean, they're not Christian people where I work. It's not a Christian environment. There are not Christian circumstances. It's not like coming into the church and working. It's, it's different, preacher. You just don't understand the circumstances and the pressure and the, and the people that I'm around. Well, well, let me see if I can understand it. Because there is a man in the Bible named Daniel. You remember Daniel? Now, Daniel was a man that grew up in Jerusalem, young man. And while growing up in Jerusalem, he was surrounded with people that believed like he believed, that served the same God that he believed. But Scripture teaches us, and I'm not going to have time to unpack this whole story, but Scripture teaches us that Daniel and his people were carried away into captivity, right? And while he was there into captivity now, he's surrounded by people who are pagans. He's surrounded by people who do not believe in God. He's surrounded by a king called Nebuchadnezzar who is not a Christ follower. But Daniel found favor in this man's eyes and he worked his way into a government position. Oh, can you be a Christian and be in government positions? By the way, yes, you can. Hello? Yes, you can. Right? Daniel was one of these individuals. He was in, he became a government bureaucrat, if you will, but he was a believer in God and he served God. And Nebuchadnezzar had great respect for Daniel and his faithfulness. Well, eventually Nebuchadnezzar does, right? He's taken over and Babylon is kind of destroyed and taken over by King Darius. And Darius recognizes that Daniel is a faithful man of God, serving God, and And brings him up to a very prominent position and appoints him as one of the highest officials in the land. But then some pressures came on the people of the land where they said, oh, you cannot be praying anymore. You remember that story? You remember the story of Daniel, right? And how Daniel and King King Darius were were good friends and, and, and and King Darius respected Daniel in a pagan land with pagan people and, and a king that didn't even serve God, right? And now because of him not obeying, he has to throw Daniel into the lion's den. You remember the scripture? We all learned this growing up as kids, right? And then, of course, we know that Daniel had a good night's rest there in the lion's den, and he used the lion as a pillow, and he kind of nestled up next to it, and he just had a good night's rest there. I mean, King Darius is the one that had a horrible night's rest. And I don't have time to preach all this, but you guys know where I'm, Give me a head nod if you know where I'm going with this thing, right? And here Daniel is now in the lion's den. Let's fast forward. I want to go down to Daniel chapter 6 and verse number 20. The next morning, King Darius comes rushing to the lion's den. He's had a horrible night's rest. 
Daniel, we know, had a wonderful night's rest there in the lion's den. In chapter 6 and verse 20, it says, When he reached the den, that's King Darius, when he reached the den, he cried out in anguish to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, the king said, Has your God, pay attention, whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I read that, I find that interesting. King Darius, a pagan, governing a pagan people, has this one guy there that's a Christian, 24-7 Christ follower, or Christian, if you will, believer in God, serving God, following God, living out his principles and his convictions and his standards, being somewhat persecuted for doing that even now, And King Darius rushes to where Daniel is in the lion's den, and he hollers down and looks and says, Has your God whom you serve continually? Every day that Daniel showed up on the job, he showed up as he was serving God and not necessarily serving man. And King Darius saw that. Now, Daniel, I want you to understand, worked in this pagan environment. He worked around pagan people. He, had a, he worked in a pagan office with a pagan king, but yet Daniel served God continually. The application is this. Do we do that? Does your boss know that you are a Christ follower? On the job, by the way you work and the way you carry yourself and the principles that you live by and the things that you say and how you act and how you react, would your boss have the same thing to say about you that King Darius said about Daniel, whom the God whom you serve continually? Do our bosses know that we serve God? Can they tell it by the way that we work? Can they tell it by our actions and our reactions? Do our fellow workers know that we serve God? That's the point I'm just trying to bring out. So there really are no excuses for having a pagan boss or a pagan office or people that do not believe in Christ around you. Daniel had all of that, but yet he still did what was right. And so my point is, we have no excuse. And we need to go on the job. And we need to go on there enthusiastically, being the best worker on the job, right? Why? Because we're working unto God and not unto man. So with that being said, let me give you four things. I'm done. And these are going to be quick. I want to give you some suggestions. For being a 24-7 Christ follower when you go on the job. Because if you're not real careful... You as a believer, as a Christ follower, can wind up turning more people against Christ than you are drawing them to him. And so let me give you some practical things. Number one is this. Do not brag. Do not go on the job and tell everybody on the job what a righteous person you are. Hello? Do not go on the job and tell everybody on the job that... Oh, let me tell you, I live without sin. I have overcome the temptations and the sins of the world through Christ Jesus. Now, that may be true. And you may have some victories. But going on the job and just bragging about this is not going to get you anywhere. Right? As far as witnessing to them and drawing them to Christ. Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a great Christian husband. Right? Are you guys tracking with me today here? 
Here's what I do know. And you know this to be true as well. Self-righteousness has always been and will always be repulsive. Self-righteousness, even in the church, is repulsive. Let alone on the job around people who are not even Christians. So whenever we go on the job, don't go there as this simply just this self-righteous individual. Now, you may have some things you have the victory over, but don't go there bragging about all of that and making yourself feel really super big and everybody else feel really super small. You get my point? So don't go bragging. The second thing is don't nag. When you go on the job, don't brag. Number two, don't nag. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, when you hear someone on, in the job cursing, don't walk in there with your big Bible under your arm and hit them over the head and say, Thou shalt not swear. You know, there's a better way to do that. Really, there is. Or when you find and you hear the stories on around the break room and you hear the stories about one of your coworkers, how they went out and tied on a big drunk, and you walk in and you carry your big Bible, and they're talking about getting drunk, say, I just want to remind you, drunkards, all drunkards are going to hell. That may be true, but that's not the way to deliver the truth of the gospel. Are you with me? Is this setting in okay? There is a right and a wrong way to deliver the truth. No one likes a nag. Your husbands don't smile, don't even act like you heard me, right? Because your wife never nags at you, right? But no one likes somebody to come in nagging them all the time. The best way if you really want to win them is build a relationship with them. The best way if you really want to win them is to be the example. Really, just live your life before them. Let them see something's different. Yeah, as you're building a relationship with them, you will have opportunity to share the gospel with them. You will have time to talk with them. But if you're going in bragging about being some self-righteous Christian, if you're going in nagging everybody on the workplace about everything that they're doing, listen, if they are sinful people, they're going to be sinning. Right? So just expect that. So go in now and look for a different angle. So don't brag, don't nag. Number three, don't lag. What I mean by that, don't be a lazy worker. Don't show up late. Show up on time. Be the best worker on the job, right? Because we're working as unto Christ and not unto men, right? We want to bring glory and honor to him in everything that we do. So, so don't lag. Do your work well. I mean, do your work well. Be the best that you can be on your job. Be the example before others. Be on time. Don't be lazy. Don't be slothful. That's a poor testimony to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 10.31, jot this reference down. I don't believe I have it on the slides for you. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for God's glory. Whatever you do, do for the glory of God. So don't be a slacker. Don't let everybody else pick up your weight on the job and carry your load. Right? Don't lag. And then number four is this one, don't sag. Well, what I mean by don't sag? Well, don't have a relapse and fall back into your old way of living. Right? I mean, if Christ has delivered you, then live like you're a delivered Christian. Right? I mean, 
don't pick up their language and start using their language on the job just to build relationships and friends. Don't pick up their lifestyle and live their lifestyle on the job or in the community just to build relationships or have friends. Don't fall back into your old way of living. Listen, I am thankful God has delivered me from a lifestyle that would have destroyed me. I am thankful for that. And I don't want to sag and fall back into that because that's a horrible testimony. So if God's delivered you from some some things, don't fall back into that lifestyle and living and drinking and partying and carrying on. Because, listen, you're you're now really no testimony for the Lord because they even do those things. Right? Are you with me? So don't brag, don't nag, don't lag, and don't sag. Let me close out with this passage of Scripture, and I don't have it up on the slide. Just leave that up there. It's in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 5 through 7. Now, this is the passage of Scripture when the Lord told His people, and He gave them instructions on how they were to behave in a pagan environment. Listen to this. Jeremiah 29, verse 5 through 7. He says, Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to men in marriage so that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. Seek the welfare of the city I have deported you to. Pray to the Lord on its behalf. For when it has prosperity, you will prosper. Now this is what God is telling his people to do as they're settling down into this pagan land. Guys, it's pretty obvious we live in a pagan land today. We live in a land that people do not respect the values of God or the principles of God's word, let alone try to live by them even in the business world today. So what are we to do? I think we're to do the same thing. It says in the book of Jeremiah that God gave his people instruction that they are to do. I think we are to settle down. I think we're to build houses. I think we're to plant gardens or we're to work. We're to get married and have children and find wives for your sons and marry off your daughters. And they too will have children. And we're to go out and work and we're to go and prosper. Because as the city prospers, so will you prosper. So here's what I want to tell you on this Labor Day weekend. Go to work. Go to work. Go to work. Go to work enthusiastically. Go to work with joy in your heart. Go to work with a smile on your face. Go to work and be a witness for God. Do your work well. Be the best there is on the job. Not so you can get a promotion, but so you can bring honor and glory to the Lord. Go to work. 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 Slothfulness leads to hunger. Amen? That's my message for today. Let's go to work on Monday. Well, you're off this Monday. Tuesday when you go back. Let's go to work on Tuesday. And let's be the best we can be. For the Lord's sake. Amen. Let's work for him. Let's pray. Father, and we don't even need the band today. We're just going to dismiss like this. Father, thank you so much for our time today. Thank you for our time to worship and to serve you. And God, I just pray on this Labor Day weekend. May this be a weekend, God, that, that yeah, we do kind of regroup. But we go back on Tuesday morning refreshed. And we go back with a new perspective. And we don't fall into the principles of the secular world. God, we fall into principles that are in Scripture. And we're going there enthusiastically. We're going there joyfully. We're going there as we're working unto you. Whether we eat or drink, whatever we do, 
do all for the glory of God. Bless each one that's here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.